Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Jana Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting It More podcast. Today, Nate is joining us. Nate just completed Wanting It More with his wife, and we just had a little pre-chat. I've never done that before uh, in preparation of a podcast interview, so I am so excited. Now I know what we're going to talk about, which is fantastic. Nate, before we jump into that, do you want to give a short introduction to our uh, listeners, including whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Well, I mean, my name is uh, Nate. Uh, my wife and I have been married now for 15 years, I think. Uh, we have three uh, awesome, beautiful, and rambunctious kids who keep us on our toes, and life is good. Life is good. You know, it just occurred to me, I was going to ask this question and I'll, I'll, I'll test it out on you, Nate, since we're doing all, all sorts of new things with this episode. What are some things about you that, that you would say identify you as a human being? What do you mean by identify? Well, like I identify, what are some important things for me? I'm a mom. Um, I'm a creative person. I like to like, I like to create art and, and other things. I am a spiritual person. Um, I just turned 40 and I feel like I'm identifying with that hard these days, you know? <laughs> okay. So going along those lines, uh, for me, I would say um, I'm a Christian. I'm a husband, a uh, father. Um like you, I would say I'm a creative person. Um, I've dabbled in writing for most of my life. Um, still kind of holding on to my uh, dream of becoming a New York Times bestselling fantasy author, but we'll see whatever happens with that because that's brutal. Um, I am 43 and I'm also reckoning with that age. Every time I turn on a workout video, it reminds me of just how old I am. Um, and even though I'm not currently in the field, I'd say I'm probably still a librarian at heart. Oh, see, I'm going to do that every episode now. Now I feel like I really know you a lot better and I, and I can relate to you as a human being and all, you know, all your talents and capacities. Okay. Cool. Well, that was history in the making. So let's talk about sex. Um, what, a, what about your growing up years? What about your childhood, your teen years, your young adulthood? What was, what was your um, sexual evolution like? What kind of education did you receive or not receive? Well, oh, that's a, that's a question right there. Um, so I would say that uh, most of the education I received um, outside of uh, 
you know, the stereotypical high school sex ed class. Most of the education I received um, was from media. As much as I hate to say it, um, be it books or movies or TV shows, a lot of my expectations as to what um, sex looked at or looked like um, was shaped by what I witnessed on the screen. Yeah. And looking back now, now that you've had this uh, evolution through wanting it more with your wife, how do you see those influences shaping your early sexual experiences? Terribly. Um, those, um, what I learned from the media, I would say, made me a selfish person. Um, I probably expected my, um, my marriage to look a lot like what I was seeing on TV and in movies and books. And rarely ever, if at all, did that ever happen. And, um, looking back, I would not be surprised if I unintentionally, um, broadcast those wants and expectations in a way that probably made my wife feel um well actually no she and I've talked about it. I know it made her feel unloved and uncomfortable more often than not how long have you been married now about 15 years 15 years and did you have conversations about sex during that time? I don't think we ever really had what I would call open honest conversations about it until um, going through the program. Yeah, pretty wild. It's just such a common experience for most people. When you said wants and expectations... Can you be more detailed? I know I'm asking you to say all the words and do, <laughs> do all the uncomfortable stuff, but I think like bring it out to the light is so helpful to combat them. Well, I mean, if you if you look at how it typically is portrayed in especially like I mean, network TV's gotten worse over the years, but especially like HBO, all those channels, um movies, books, you know, there's this whole expectation where um, the woman just wants it and she wants it really badly and it can't happen fast enough. And typically you have um, like overdone scenes of clothes being yanked off and hot and heavy kissing and then all of a sudden they, well, they may or they may not tumble into bed because, you know, I mean, they don't being in bed them. isn't always sexy in movies. Let's just be honest about it. Um, to be there up, are up other, against a wall or something. Exactly. Like that. Against the wall or any number of, of other things. And I I never once had had a reason to pause and think to myself, 
is this actually realistic? Like, is this actually how um, a woman would want things to to happen in the bedroom and or not in the bedroom? Because let's be honest, we're talking about movies and so on here, so it doesn't always happen in the bedroom. Um, but is this really how the woman always would want things to happen? And the reality is, no, it is not how a woman would want things um, to happen. And recognizing that was honestly huge for me. It's, it's sort of one of those things where like, you don't think about it, but then when you finally do think about it, it's like, you know, that really actually makes a lot of sense that she would not want it to be happening like, you know, Game of Thrones, per se. Oh, Game of Thrones. That show is is really, yeah. That I haven't actually watched a lot of it, but when I was doing some research around around sex scenes, that those scenes came up more frequently on YouTube and Oh my gosh, the messaging in those ones is really intense. There's a lot of aggression, I would say. Oh yeah, there is absolutely. I I I borrowed the first season from the library, watched three episodes, and promptly returned it, never to watch it again, specifically because of the um of the content. And just a very quick aside. I read the first book in the series before I actually watched the TV show and the way HBO approaches or at least approached the one scene I did witness versus how the author actually wrote it in the book are two very different things. It just shows you how much sex sells and how much oh, absolutely it's so expected now in shows it's Im nearly impossible to find movies or tv that do that don't have sex scene and sex scenes in them very unrealistic yeah what was that like for you when your wife when your sex life didn't look like that or your wife didn't want to do those things what did you interpret that to mean here's the thing about well so I should backtrack and say, first of all, um, there were times when my wife would try them or some things and it might have worked. It might not have worked. But as much as I hate to put it this way, she didn't want to upset me to the extent when that um she would not she she would to an extent try to go along with what i wanted um as long as it wasn't horrifically uncomfortable to her but she would not we didn't have a lot of good frank honest conversations about her preferences and so on until whim and that's when she actually started opening up to me and telling me that there have been many times in our marriage when she felt unloved, uncherished, um, used, and that was painful to hear. So during that time, 
you really had no indication or was there a little inkling, but then you would sort of override it? I, I don't think I had a lot of inclinations. I guess maybe I was I would put it this way. I always imagined that our marriage, I'll use the term energy here because that's the first words that came to my mind. The energy would resemble like one of the scenes I might see in a TV show or a movie, but I never really had the um I never really had the thought of being as extreme as you might see in like a movie or a TV show or something like that. And so, um, you know, for a writer in a library, my words are really failing me right now. This is hard stuff to talk about. And I really appreciate your honesty right now, because this is, this is happening in many, many bedrooms in the world and nobody is talking about it. And you're having the courage to try and articulate something that we have no other models for. So I think I might actually um, phrase it like this. So like, like most, most guys in America, I have been exposed to pornography. Um, most guys in America, um, I think have been at some point in time, but a lot of, of stuff you see in that was not stuff I had the desire to bring into our marriage. Mm -hmm. Like I always envisioned the energy or the passion, um, maybe being a little bit more akin to what um, you'd witness in like an HBO show or a movie or something like that. But I never had a real desire to take what I might have seen in porn and bring that into the marriage and so since i didn't try to to bring the 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 porn idea into marriage i think my wife was mostly okay with just trying to make me happy because most of our um, intimacy in marriage i guess for lack of a better term like if there is such a thing, more of these standard married couple activities, not the not the insane stuff that by now there is ample um, media coverage, articles, that sort of thing, you know, that have by now exposed exactly how damaging, unrealistic, painful, hurtful the whole porn concept is mm -hmm. so we so we have the we have the media coverage on how damaging and so on porn is we just don't really have the media coverage helping to articulate how the stuff you can find on network tv how damaging that can be to your marriage and your expectations exactly yeah well articulated if oh, I have a lot of female listeners, obviously, and some men. So there's women listening right now who are in relationships where they are trying to 
provide their husbands those HBO experiences. (laughs) And they are feeling like your wife. They are feeling harmed. They are feeling dread. They are feeling like, okay, I, I guess I'll do this thing for him. What would you say to those women? Because their husbands haven't gone through the revelation you have yet. I would say try to have an honest, heartfelt talk with your husband about this because chances are good, I would say, that your husband probably does not have even the slightest idea you are feeling this way. Um, I say that from personal experience based on mine and my wife's honest conversations during the whole course of when, when after 15 years of marriage, I find out that more often than I have made her feel hurt and unloved and used. And that just, it, it shocked me. Um, but your husband probably does not have any idea that you are feeling this way. And I would sincerely hope he does not want you to feel this way. And so, you know, have a conversation with him. Be honest, but also be gentle because depending on how long you've been married, it's going to be a, I mean, it's going to be a shock to his system regardless of how long you've been married, but the longer you've been married, the more of a shock to his system it's going to be. And understand that having this conversation um, will in the short term be really uncomfortable probably and might lead to some hurt and some really awkward moments of being in the same room together. Mm-hmm. But long term, as you and your husband learn how to completely reapproach sexual intimacy and in marriage, it will be worth it. And my own personal advice, based on my own experiences in life, would be. Help your husband detox from all of the sexual messaging in society. So I'm not talking about just um, pornography. I'm talking about network TV shows with sex scenes or books with sex scenes. Because, Janet, as you mentioned earlier, um, sex sells. And most of our mass media content these days has got sexual programming in it to one degree or another, um, all of which is basically based off of the idea of, okay, the steamier we can make this, the larger our audience is going to be, never mind the fact that this sort of thing hardly ever, if at all, actually happens within a healthy marriage. Yeah, it's all performance. It's all a facade. It's all fake. And not only that, I've been thinking a lot about algorithms recently. And I looked at my husband's just, you know, he's not on Instagram, but YouTube, for example, YouTube. 
And the YouTube algorithm has figured out it's a man watching and it is brutal, the type of content that is on just the thumbnails. Have you noticed that? Are you on? Are you? I'm on, on YouTube. Um, I'm not. So, um, you know, I don't. I don't know what your. Um... Maybe you're on Library YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different version. Um, this is like sports. Like, for example. Okay, so that's about... so. I am actually not a huge sports buff. Uh, never have been. Um. That's kind of why I like to joke every once in a while that I can get along with pretty much every single guy in the room because I'm not going to take digs at your favorite sports team because I honestly uh, don't have a favorite sports team. But like most of my YouTube content, um, if you ask my wife, will be like um, old History Channel um, Modern Marbles episodes or there's another channel called Townsend's. He's a historical reenactor who, as his following likes to say, he is what History Channel used to be when it was actually good. Um, and then there are just like some, um, I watch Business Insider videos, Food Insider videos, just because I'm a geek like that. So that's, um, I guess that's keeping me, making YouTube think that I'm just some boring guy in whom there is no money. Or or maybe just a really healthy person. So <laughs> we'll go with Could that. Could be too. Yeah. It's interesting. You are an author, you're a writer, and how, and fantasy, how would you now write sex scenes or romance scenes in your books? You know, the funny thing about it is um, a lot of actually why why I write these days tends to be more like... um, Nonfiction, um, discipleship type articles, but honestly, I never, I can't remember ever writing those types of scenes in anything I ever wrote. And now that you bring that up, um, I remember, I can still remember fairly well a lot of what I read growing up, fantasy fiction-wise, and I don't remember a lot of, like, content in the books I read growing up. I mean, it might have been, like, here and there, like, a very brief, um, in the fantasy books at least, a very brief, like, maybe maybe a paragraph that would like start with the beginning, but then leave you to just surmise to yourself what happened once the paragraph ended or once the chapter ended. For me, a lot of the um, more sexual content I read, hate to admit this, was probably more from my, um, my mom's romance novels that she kept in the house. They're, they're really. Um, I'd see the covers of those, and I and one day I was just like, "Oh, this! What even is this?" And picked up and started flipping through it, and well, every page, every page, <laughs> and then um, my my grandpa read a lot of um, I'm gonna call them pulp western books because there's no better way to put it. Um, you're talking series like uh, Long Arm Gunsmith. 
etc. And I mean, the about the only thing these books had in common besides being poorly written overall was about the hero who rides into town, meets a beautiful woman, Bez beautiful woman, defeats a bad guy, and then rides off into the sunset, always without the beautiful woman at his side still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to say about that plot line is that the bad boy cowboy ro- ro- rides into town and makes her squirm and tingle with the light in ways that she has no idea. She's never done this. She doesn't know what he's doing down there, but oh my gosh, I (laughs) (laughs) fanning myself with desire and oh, suddenly something happens and it's like amazing. And then, yeah, it's sort of an innocent trope on the part of the woman. She, she not only is not communicating, but he's doing things to her body that she doesn't even know exist. That's a lot of pressure on men. <laughs> My goodness. Did did you ever feel pressure to to lead things and take them mind-blowing places? You know, I actually don't know that I ever did feel that kind of pressure. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I ever did. That's an interesting question. I'd have to give that one some thought. Yeah, it's some it's a concept I've been exploring recently. I talk a lot about pressure for women and recently I'm I've been thinking, gosh, there's a lot of pressure to have rock hard erections and last a long time and you know, that sort of thing. The different pressures, but maybe there's pressures there nonetheless. But we're all individual, even if we're <laughs> the same gender. You have you had mentioned in your introduction that you're a Christian and you talked about writing about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has this um how is this weaved into your your faith and your spirituality as well? There are two particular passages. Um pretty sure at least one's in Ephesians. I'm always the guy who can who can basically give you a paraphrase of the of the scripture, but I'm never the guy who can actually tell you exactly what book, chapter, verse number. That's not something I'm particularly good at. But one of them talks about Um, Husbands loving your wives as um, Christ loves his church. And then it goes on to talk about how men are called to um, cherish their wives. And this program was a wake up call for me in that I never stopped to consider, okay, how can I love and serve my wife in the bedroom? How can I make sure that she is enjoying herself um, just as much as I'm enjoying myself. And as I've talked with my wife, I've always heard this word used, um, especially within like um, sermons or Christian marriage books or all that stuff, a, a term called, you know, plan spontaneity where like, you're going to mark a date on your calendar when you and your wife um, will make love so that you can be looking forward to that and so on. And, you know, I've, I've heard um, pastors say in sermons, or at least one particular pastor say in one particular sermon about how, like, you know, maybe it's time for your plan of spontaneity and you're tired and you just don't feel like doing it and so on. And, well, just start kissing and, and that'll 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 liven things up and get you in the mood real quick. So you'll be you'll be just fine. Don't worry about it. 
in my experience, a lot of this stuff has also um, sometimes is approached from the point of view of um, if, and I'm not saying all pastors do this, it's just the sermons I have happened to hear, which in the grand scope of, of sermons and media and so on, is probably a very small fraction, but it's also sometimes approached from the perspective of within Christianity, sexual intercourse is the only okay way for a um for a guy to have his needs met in that particular area because things such as um masturbation and whatnot are supposed to be off the table and whim really made me look at all this stuff in a completely different way. Like I remember telling my wife one time, um, because as much as I hate to admit it, she and I have had this conversation where I've said to her, you are my only lawful way of doing this. Uh, we've had that conversation. And after going through whim and um, sort of getting like punched between the eyes um, with conviction, like I went back to her and I was like, that was really manipulative, wasn't it? Mm. And she said, yes. As a matter of fact, it is really manipulative. And the sad thing is, I don't think... I, I think the pastors who write these books or write these articles or who preach these sermons, I think they really do mean well. Um, I think that they really are, among other things, trying to fight what is the well-known fact that you know, just like a lot of men struggle with porn, a lot of Christian men struggle with porn, and a lot of pastors struggle with porn, and, you know, hotels will report that uh, porn consumption will go through the roof whenever men get together for a Christian conference of some kind, and it's... Really? It's a, I've, I've read those stories online, yes. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a painful, it's a painful truth, and so, like, I've, I've heard these things, and going through whim, like, really challenged me to ask, to look at, like, you know, what does it mean for a husband to love his wife as Christ loves his church um, in terms of intimacy? And the one thing I became convicted of is that it means that if my wife is tired or she's just not feeling it, she's a human being. Mm -hmm. And there are more important things to life than sex i mean heck with it the the if you want to get if you want to get um if you want to go further spiritual and religious i mean the most well-known um or probably one of the most well-known apostles in the bible the apostle paul himself was a single guy who devoted himself to the spread of the gospel and who did not have sex. And, you know, if your wife is feeling tired, just not feeling it, don't push the issue. Love her. Respect her. Um, find other ways to connect with her that night. I mean, you know, good grief. If she's tired and exhausted, maybe she'd like to have just a, a hot bubble bath while you chat with her or, you know, offer to rub her feet or something, just something to make her feel loved and 
wanted for more than just that one particular activity. So well said, Nate. So, so well said. Yeah, that the story of Paul, I, I don't know it well, but that just shows you that the the idea that it's a need that must be fulfilled that that puts it into question and and we know that we know that people can live without sex and that calling it a need that a wife must fulfill is a, manipula- a manipulati- manipulation tactic whether intentional or non-intentional so now now that you've gone through this um evolution and eye-opening experience what are you like what do you want your future to look like with your wife your sexual future to look like with your wife so I think mostly what I want my sexual future with my wife to look like is just I mean we are I think we are moving toward that already but I want it to be one of those things where I can um, I can know, you know, during 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 one of our um, during one of our XDs to use the the whim term for it, um, you know, to know that to trust that she is enjoying herself um, just as much as I am enjoying myself um like i've shared in some of the group calls and so on you know we've had a few um exploratory dates um by now and um sometimes the exploratory date has been nothing more than just just lying in bed and um snuggling each other and talking and connecting and knowing that she feels loved and safe and is therefore completely relaxed just makes for a really wonderful and worthwhile experience that we both enjoy and that um, sometimes involves a lot of... um, giggling and banter and how have you had to have had to change what you say what you think what you do probably one of the bigger changes for me is learning how to um let her take the lead um because um, before whim, typically, um, you know, on any one of our planned spontaneity dates, typically, like, um, I'd go into the bedroom to find her waiting for me. I would take the lead, and it would just progress until it was um, all said and done. And um, now it's about letting her take the lead so that she can feel comfortable and safe and know um know that i'm not going to ask her to do something that's going to make her feel uncomfortable and 
um, you know, also learning how to um, adapt to the mindset of this may not lead to sex. And you know what? That's actually completely okay. Mm-hmm. Like intercourse, um, intercourse you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not intercourse. Um, it might not lead to intercourse. And that's completely um, that's completely okay. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it won't. But now I can know that she feels safe and loved and valued for more than just her body. Yeah, I like how you talked about before coming to the realization that she's human. Women are human and they have their own desires and likes and wants and may not know or even have the capacity to talk about them because of culture. All right, Nate, thank you so much for having the courage to share your thoughts on the podcast today. And thank you everyone for listening right to the end. We'll talk to you in the next one. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app. It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face, and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janetdentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the waitlist, to learn more to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.